Amen. So we're going to continue on the book of James. If you missed the first uh, introduction, you go ahead and just go back and take a look at it because I know it's going to encourage you. I don't have time to repeat it because we have another service after this, and so I got to make sure that I'm on time for, uh, for, for the time that has been allotted to me. Now, we're going to read from verse 5, James verse 5. We're going to start to read from verse 5. And uh, the Bible says, if anyone of you lacks... Uh, if any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Now, I'm going to attempt to talk about the two points in this verse um, and uh, see if I can do that. Um, and the, uh, the two things I want to talk about is wisdom. And of course, uh, the second thing I want to talk about is the character of God, wisdom and the character of God. But before I get started, you notice the Bible says that let him ask if any one of us lack wisdom, let him ask. You have to ask for wisdom. It's not going to be handed over to you on the silver platter. In fact, in Proverbs, it says that we are to pursue wisdom with all diligence. We have to pursue wisdom. You see, unfortunately, most people in the world, they don't care much about wisdom. And and, and they make decisions mostly based on their emotion. You know, how they feel that day, how, how they feel that meant moments they make the decision how they feel that week you know and you know as marketeers before I became a, a preacher you know I was in marketing and sales and we've learned how to harness those emotions that people have so that we can manipulate the decision you see even the marketeers know how to use emotion to manipulate people to make decision so that they can sell more stuff for example you know we we you've heard of this uh, uh, emotion called fear of missing out FOMO fear of missing out so we always uh, in in the old days you know marketeers I, I'm sure they still do that today. You know, when I was in the in the in, in the industry, you know, we would say, you know, if you don't do this, you're gonna miss the opportunity. If you don't make a decision today, you're gonna miss the sale. If you don't do this, you're gonna miss out. Fear of missing out. So we use fear. We manipulate people's decision using FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, another thing about, about emotion is that you know we all know that you know people would, would make decision to our liking if we make them like us. Right? And so, you know, uh, another emotion, you know, salespeople who are really good at it, they know how to butter you up when they see you. you know, they give you fake compliments to make you feel good. But, you know, if you've been around a while, you know they're fake compliments, you know, you don't really care about it. But unfortunately, many young people, many people who, it doesn't even have the young, some of the older people, they allow those emotions to govern the decision. But the Word of God says that we have to make decision based on wisdom. Wisdom, And it doesn't say in, in James, but in Proverbs, it says we ought to pursue wisdom. You know, I always say that you are the sum of all the decisions you make. So you look at where you're at, you look back, and you'll see that you're here where you're at because of all the decisions, big and small, all the decisions that you've made leading up to this point. I always say that. And if you were to look at your back and look at look, look, past, look to your past, and you will see a lot of the decisions you made, you, you regret them. And and if you analyze that a little bit, you'll know that most decisions, if not all decisions you made that you regret were made because of your emotion at the time. 
your fear, your passion, your, your, your joy. Sometimes, sometimes we're based on joy. Like you feel good. Somebody make you feel good, you know. I know that um, I, of, I have a daughter, so I often teach my daughter, you know, don't allow man to manipulate your emotion with their words. See, men, they are so good at using words to say, oh, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful. So because they're able to stir up your emotion, you're kind of like, oh, you just lost it. And of a smart woman, they will guard it. The Bible says, guard your heart for it is, it is the spring, wellspring of life. It's, it's, a, it's a place where all the life issues come from. And you got to guard your heart. What, what does that mean? You don't allow your emotion to have a better of you so that people would manipulate you. Listen, if you don't know how to govern your emotion, it's time to start because that's number one wisdom. Because I tell you this, if you allow your life to be always governed by emotion, you will forever in this lifetime be manip- prone to be manipulated by people and that you'll be full of regrets. Protect your heart from emotion. Protect. Don't allow your heart to always be governed by an emotion. Therefore, the decision to be governed by emotion. You know, among the charismatic, among all the Christians, sometimes we, 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 we disguise our emotion by saying, it's the Lord. And I want to encourage you to be careful to use the name of the Lord. The Lord says this. The Lord says that. But, you know, if you look at uh, your lifetime or, or the people who always use the Lord lifetime, it would seem that the Lord would have made a lot of bad decisions. You know, the Lord had made so many bad decisions. No wonder some of the people that are closer to us don't even believe what we say anymore. If we can tell them, oh, God loves you, say, you know, your Lord just make all the wrong decisions. Either that or you don't hear from the Lord. A lot of people prophesy in the name of the Lord. They, they, they can say, God told me to come. You know, but I tell you this is that, you know, in, in Deuteronomy, it tells us this. In Deuteronomy, it says that the prophets who prophesize things and they come true, they could still potentially be false prophets. Because, you know, false prophets, they hear from the wrong spirit. But even if, the, so for sure, if they prophesy something is not true, they're definitely false prophets. But even if they do prophesy and it comes true, even if it's true, the Bible in Deuteronomy said they still could be false prophets if they lead you away from God. But Ezekiel tells us that those prophets who prophesy things and never come to pass, God called them false prophets because they're prophesying not from the Lord, but from what? Their own imagination. Let's not talk about prophets. A lot of times we act like little profiteers or prophet, 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 prophets or prophetess when we say, the Lord told me. And that you make decisions that you will regret. Somebody has to be accountable to that. Not the Lord, because you're using the Lord's name in vain. I often say this. However you treat the name of the Lord is however that name will have an impact over your life when you use that name. If you treat the name of the Lord lightly, you will see that the impact on your life after using that name will be very likely. Are you here? 
So some people, in the name of Jesus, to the term face, the face turned blue, and nothing happens. They cry, they yell, you know, like those those 400 Baal prophets, you know, scream and yell, and even Elijah would make fun of them. Cut yourself, man. Cut yourself. Maybe they'll listen to you. You know, it's like I feel like sometimes we we curse, but we do that so that God can have some. You can have some. We can have some kind of attention to the Lord. It's, it's so powerless. It's just a show. But friends, may I encourage you to honor the name of that Lord, of the Lord. Honor the name of God. And you don't even have, you don't have to holler and scream. You just very powerfully and gently use the name of the Lord. And the devil would you and submit to you. But anyways, a lot of us have been guided by emotion, and yet we call it the Lord. I want to encourage you this morning. Do what the Bible says. Pursue wisdom. From this point onwards, make your decision, even the littlest of decision, not by emotion. Make your decision by the wisdom that God would give us. Even as small things as eating the ice cream. You know, a lot of us, you know, we are on special diet. You know, you used to get to a certain age, my age, you know, I'm 52, you got to watch the sugar, you know, watch this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes you get mad. So you eat food out of vengeance. Like, I don't care anymore. I'm going to eat what I want. I'm going to eat Popeye chicken. I'm going to eat this, that. That's emotion. Or sometimes you just, you just miss those food. You look at the ice cream, it looks so beautiful, especially in the summer, right? Now in the, in the fall, it's, it's less tempting. But in the summer, man, it just looks so beautiful. You just, oh, you can imagine yourself just tasting the, the ice cream in your tongue, and, and you let your emotion run wild, and then before you know it, you have an ice cream in your hand when you shouldn't be eating ice cream with all the sugar and all the cholesterol and all the fat. There you go. We govern by decision, govern our lives with emotion. But the Bible says choose wisdom. And the Bible here says that you have to ask God. That ask is not say, God, I want it. It's to pursue wisdom in all decisions that you make. Now, God gives wisdom through our experiences, but God gives wisdom also supernaturally. Right? Now, it includes the word of wisdom, but not only the word of wisdom. But God gives wisdom supernaturally. I have experienced this quite a lot of times. And uh, uh, I'll tell you two examples. The first example was when, when we first moved into this, this building, you know, we're not too familiar with this building, whatever. And then we had a board meeting. And in that board at the time, we have a fellow who owns the largest electrical company, one of the largest electrical company in this city. He had a sin pastor away, and I just, you know, um, some of you know who he is, but he has seen passed away. So, so the fellow who owned the largest, elect, one of the largest electrical company in this city, and then um, two engineers, and then a teacher, and myself. So we were in a board meeting in Hector's, then it, Hector wasn't around yet, so that was our boardroom. See, we met down there, and it was right down there, and something happened to the electrical problem. So one engineer went, the other engineer went, they came back empty. Now, I wasn't going to take no for an answer. So I said, I'm going to go take care of this. I had zero idea of anything electrical. Zero. Right? And so I walk into that electrical room down there and look at the panel. I see nothing. And this is how, this is what I did. I said, Father, I ask you for wisdom to take care of this. 
I need wisdom to take care of this. And so I looked, I looked, and that was an idea. Nobody taught me that, never learned it from anybody. And I tried the idea, and it worked. And I walked back to the board, board meeting, so proud. You know, I said, yo, engineers and electrical people, you don't know nothing. Praise God. The Holy Spirit revealed to me what it is that needed to be done. Now, the second time was, and the second story I want to tell you is when I was young, first year university, you know, after I took a course uh, in, uh, in one of the computer science courses that I've taken, I'd uh, put in my resume that I'm a, a, a Unix specialist. I hardly knew Unix. I just know how to list the files. It's just very simple stuff at the time, right? And uh, maybe a little bit of programming. I, not much. And so a consulting company hired me and then sent me to Ontario Hydro Research and Development um, um, Campus, which is up at Kipling and Queensway area, if you know that area. So I was there, you know, and they all, most of the guys work there. They all have PhDs in whatever. Right? Smart people, and I haven't even got my bachelor yet. You know, a PhD everywhere. So everybody knew that this, this Unix genius is coming to help them. And so, you know, most of the days, they were okay because there's no fire at all. And, and I had my supervisor would come in once in a while and just take care of things for me. I just, I'm just a warm body. And one day there was a breakdown in network. And um, so, of course, they call upon the support desk, and the support desk call me and say, hey, Mr. Unix expert, we have a problem in one of the department. Can you go there and take care of it? So I go, okay, great. So in my mind, I thought, okay, I'll go there. I look at it. I, you know, you know just, just, just act like I'm an expert, and then call my supervisor, and then she, probably he will walk me through the whole thing, right? So I got there, and this fellow who was in charge of the department, he was also a computer geek himself. And he had a PhD in something, right? A researcher, smart fellow. And then he said to me, you know, I try everything. I've been doing Unix thing all my life. I just can't work. I don't know what, what is wrong with the problem. I say, okay, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do in my mind. I'll call my boss. So I thought I'll sit down in the computer room and I'll get start, you know, typing away, just doing some simple commands, you know, whatever. And then he'll go away and I'll call my boss and then he'll tell me and we'll fix a problem. It'll look like I fixed a problem and then I'll be a computer expert. I'm not advocating being a pretentious person, but this is a story. So I did that and and the guy was standing behind me and didn't leave and I go you know Dr. Green you can go anywhere you know like I'll take care of this he said no 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 I, I just I just I'm so troubled by this I really need to learn from you oh great you know he's gonna learn from me <laughs> and you know what I did I started to pray I said father I just don't know what to pray. I just asked for wisdom. I was speaking in tongues, and then I started to type. I, I can't even remember what I did, and I fixed the problem. He was like, wow, I never thought of that. That is amazing. Till today, I just don't know what happened. <laughs> you know? It's the grace of God. You see, that's the supernatural wisdom that is available to you and I. Now, this is just a couple of stories, but it's my testimony. Many of you young people don't have the many years of pain and suffering and wrong decision that can help you to now correct the right decision. But you can still have the wisdom of God and avoid those bad decisions, you know. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, in Proverbs, yes, you can ask for many advisors. You will succeed 
you have any, many people advise you, but you know, you can also ask for supernatural wisdom of God. Say, God, I need you, but you have to ask. Because if you ask, God will give you the supernatural wisdom. Listen, do you know that there are wisdom, there is wisdom that is only available to those who are born again? And by the way, if you're not born again right now and you're watching this, I want to encourage you, this is a good time to be born again because you can have access to eternal life, but you can also have access to many good blessings, including supernatural wisdom that I just spoke about. Now, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to look at this. This is very, pretty amazing. This, this scriptures are t- is teaching us how only the ones who are born again can have access to the spiritual wisdom of God or God's wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God's mind. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Paul is talking to the people in Corinth who are mature spiritually, that they impart wisdom. But he said that his wisdom is not the wisdom of this age. The wisdom he imparts is not the wisdom of this age. Or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Now, he's talking about the physical rulers at the time, the Romans empire, the government, the Romans government, and also the, the, the religious leaders in the religious uh, community. But, you know, but he's also talking about the supernatural, the, uh, the principalities in power high places. Do you realize that every region has uh, principalities that rule over or control um, the certain regions? And, and you can tell the difference between regions by its culture. Two nations can sit side by side. They can still have a very distinct culture. Take a look at the difference between us and the American. We talk the same way. We have mid-Atlantic accent. We, 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 we express the same way. We have the same lingo, you know. And, uh, and, you know, and yet our culture is quite different. Canadians, we think differently like the Americans. Why? Because there are principalities in power that influence the culture. But that is for another topic. Another, this is a topic for another day about spiritual warfare. But needless to say, they're ruler of the age who are doomed to pass. So those wisdom are not from the principalities or the people on earth. That's the next verse, verse 7. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the age the, before the ages of our glory. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Next verse, verse 9. But as it is written, and this is, he's quoting Isaiah now, what no eye has seen or ear had heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God had prepared for those who love him. Here Isaiah is prophesying that though in his time people will not understand or see or imagine or comprehend, but there will be a time come that, that there will be wisdom that will be prepared for those who love God that no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, no mind has imagined. That's the powerful prophecy that you and I can reap from because this is our day that Isaiah was prophesying. Next verse. These things God had revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Next verse. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of that person? So your thoughts, nobody knows except your Spirit. 
Your spirit is the one who knows the thoughts, right? See, it works the same way. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So in other words, like yourself, God's spirit understands his mind. God's spirit is the only thing that understands his mind. It's like your spirit is the only spirit that understands your mind. Next verse. For we have received not the spirit of the world. In other words, what Paul is saying is that when you're born again, the spirit of God in another, uh, ver- another verses that he, talk- he had mentioned would fuse to your spirit and that spirit will hear all your thoughts. But watch this. But you can also now understand what the spirit of God's thoughts are because the spirit of God understands the thought of God. But the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Next verse. And we impart this in the words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. In other words, those spirit who are alive, those who are born again in their spirit that is alive, that's been filled with the Spirit of God. Next verse. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly or foolish to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The wisdom that is available to us cannot be understood by the natural wisdom and the natural mind. Even the greatest scientists would not have the kind of access that you and I have if we are born again. We're not talking about emotion. We talk about wisdom that surpasses all understanding, not only in doctrinal things, or biblical thing, but life itself. You can have the supernatural wisdom for life itself that you will not regret when you make those decisions. Next verse, almost done. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. What it means is that the spiritual person judges, that word judges is comprehends. The spiritual person comprehends all things, but he himself can't be comprehended by anyone. It actually confirms what Jesus says. He said, the Spirit of God, you, you can feel it, but you don't know where it comes from, where it's going. You feel it when it blows, but you don't know where it's coming and go. And he's later on said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, is that so are those who are born of the Spirit. In other words, people won't understand you. You're unpredictable. And that's what it says here. You're going to understand the things of God, the spiritual things, the wisdom that nobody understands, but nobody can understand you. If you ever felt like you're just being misunderstood even by a family member, welcome to the club. Here it is. Next verse, and we're going to close with this. For those for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him. Many people try to understand the mind of God by reasoning. But you can't. You can't understand God with your own understanding. You have to understand him by your spirit that is connected to his spirit that will tell him what he thinks. But we have the mind of Christ. Why? Because we are connected in our spirit to the spirit of God. That's the wisdom that you have that the rest of the world they don't have and most Christians unfortunately do not know how to harness that wisdom they think it's like a religious thing oh you know it's fur it's the it's furthest from the truth and I pray that in this last days you and I are going to become 
exceptional in everything that you do because you have access to the wisdom of God and that you know how to harness it. For those of you watching, I want you to know that this is the day for you to begin to turn your life around, the religious term called repent, and begin to not make decisions based on your emotion and then call it the Lord. Now, the Lord does speak, but make sure that he does speak, but don't use his name so lightly. But from this day onward, you lean on God. Say, God, I'm going to lean on your wisdom. The Bible says you have to ask. That the, the, the purest way of translating is you need to pursue. God, I, I need the wisdom. Now, I don't have time to explain the second part of this verse. <laughs> you know, we're going to try it next week because we have a third service coming up. But needless to say, I want to encourage you to begin to pursue the wisdom of God starting today and make a decision that you will no longer make decision based on your emotion and call it God, but that you say, God, I'm going to hear from you. I'm going to learn. Now, practice makes perfect. We all need to practice how to hear from the Lord. The Word of God, the Bible, the written Word, the Logos, is the way to help us to recognize how He talks. So because I have read the Bible many times over, there is a pattern that you can discern how God talks. So when he speaks, it's not like you're hearing from your mother, nothing wrong with that. You're hearing from yourself, your husband, your wife, nothing wrong with that. But you know, but you know that it is the voice of God and you can follow that voice. And that's why it's important. And so some of you say, I'm too young for that. I, I, I'm too young as a Christian. I haven't discerned the voice of God. Well, that's why you have pastors, people you're accountable to. You can run it by them. Do you, you, you think it's the Lord? And that's why church is so powerful. Unfortunately, these days, you know, government was, you know, limiting our, our, our meeting. But don't forsake that relationship that you have with the brothers and sisters. And that you can, you know, just run it by them. You know, what, what do you think? You know, what, is, this, is this the will of God? And just, just, you know, many counsels, not just the emotional ones. Some of the emotional ones will always tell you it's the Lord. But, you know, you, you got to be wise. Amen? Would you please stand with me?